0: Welcome to episode sixty-one of Coffee Pods and Wads, sponsored by Rain Body Fuel, the ultimate fitness-focused drink to support performance, and also sponsored by Ollie Clothing. A brand dedicated to helping you in your pursuit of success. They make products that support all active endeavors and they create content that adds clarity and convenience to the self-development process. Uh, BurBox Coaching have also come on board for a few episodes to offer you the opportunity to learn more. BurBox Coaching Development Course is an online course that will help develop a coach in a personal sense through self-discovery while learning academically about the psychological side of coaching. You can go to com, and you can use the code uh, PODS, P-O-D-S, to get 20% off the course um, I'm doing it I'm not a coach but I love it so um, I think there's something there for everyone if you want to take part um, Nathan also runs the gymnastics course which is a CrossFit preferred course so it's like the old CrossFit gymnastics course um, listen to this podcast get 20% off those courses as well um, any of them that have availability if you email info at the and put pods in the subject line there they'll sort you out Speaking of emails, I've started a weekly email from the podcast with some personal anecdotes and stories as well as news, upcoming guests. Um, so send me an email, coffeepodsandwads at gmail.com or DM me on whatever you're on uh, to be added to the list. Keep liking and sharing episodes. It makes my day hearing and seeing people listening to it. And like, honestly, it truly can't grow without your help and support. So please keep it up. Um, the Tribal Throwdown is an online competition based here in Ireland happening in October, and November. Um, but obviously it's online so you can do it anywhere and um, have a look on whatever social platform you use all the entry money raised goes towards prizes which is a great idea and um, today's guest is Paul Warrior who is a coach and a programmer as well as part owner of Campfire and Built Up North and um, Paul is someone I've wanted to talk to for a while uh, he's pretty philosophical and puts up some pretty poignant posts Um some of his musings about sport and the coach-client relationship are pretty interesting um, I really enjoy chatting to Paul about his companies, his coaching philosophies, and his absolutely toxic ankle break as well. I enjoy, listen, share, and tag. Thanks for doing this, first of all. Um, I think it's kind of, like, it's going to sound really, like, fucking dickish, but, like, you're someone that I view as being, like, pretty cool. And I know saying someone's pretty cool isn't very cool. Um, But... No. <laughs> i that's, think that's okay.
1: You, yeah, that's okay i'm not I'm
0: not, very, I'm not very cool it's fine i think you've got you've got like the beard the clothes the attitude you've got that creative side you're on a skateboard like you make um you make newcastle look like fucking la um but then i suppose there's a dangerous side to it as well because like i caught myself yesterday saying out loud to my wife john i'd love to get a skateboard." And, like. I would be the biggest <laughs> bell end going. Like, even just as I said it, I was like, "You fucking idiot!" Like, where would I go? What would I do on it? Like, I'd just be, a, I'd be the tosser of the town, like going around. Just zero chance I'd pull it off. Um,
1: oh, I mean, yeah, I was definitely tosser of the town. I mean, last, <laughs> I mean, I kind of. So I started skating again. Um, I've always like I basically I've done podcasts over all of quarantine. Yeah. and um, every time someone was like how did you get into CrossFit I was like well I used to be a skateboarder and then like CrossFit was this this really close comparison to you know you had this subversive culture where everyone was just you know going hard every day um, didn't care what other people thought of them didn't care how they were dressed you know you had your own style going on and CrossFit at the very beginning was that um, you know the music was loud we had punk music metal music on and it was as close to skating and every single time I said it I was like I feel really false that I haven't picking, picked up a skateboard. Um, and people around me were like starting to get skateboards and asking me a few questions. And I was like, okay, I'm sick of, I'm sick of not having one. Um, so I got my skate I got to skate my skateboard out, kind of um, upgraded it slightly and just started skating again. It uh, turns out that my best friend Ryan or one of my best friends, Ryan, he skated too when he was younger. So he had a deck. So we were just like, Oh crap. Cool. We're going to start going skating every day. And I made jokes every day saying, I don't know if I'm too old for this. I'm probably going to hit the deck really hard really soon. And then lo and behold, um, the ankle fell off. Um, So that was So, yeah, I don't know how cool and I don't know how well I pulled it off. But um, Uh, to be fair, just
0: for people that don't follow you, like you properly mangled your leg. Yeah. Like you put up pictures yesterday of like screws and Yeah, you're, you're it's pretty really bad. So, so like to give it some context is basically all I did
1: try to do was do a drop in. Like I didn't skirt, skate, transition, or ramps and things. Like I was just a street skater. And Ryan does these balls and things. And I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And it was just a small one. and said beginner's ramp. And uh, I just yeah, I could do this. And I just dropped in and just literally nothing happened of my back foot slipped a little bit off the board. It wasn't big, wasn't huge, and literally just the force, the impact the way it hit. I um broke at the base of my foot the tip and the fib i um i completely but well, i dislocated it my foot was facing completely the wrong way and yeah and um yeah and i think you know all of the all of the ligaments that were in there i think i've given them a pretty good room for their money
0: yeah
1: So yeah so that that was kind of that so yeah i've kind of um you know two weeks post-op i've got a lot of metal work in there yeah um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty incredible, really. But I mean, the NHS, I mean, for me, I know some people don't always get the, the experience they want, but if they have just been sick, man, like I was so lucky. I went to a place that had like the best orthopedic ward in the area. Um, they broke it back into place. I had to fight a nurse so he didn't cut my Nikes off. <laughs> um, I ended up taking them off myself and like screaming for a sick bucket.
0: Um, I was going to say, then- actually, one, like I gained even more respect for you when... it. What appeared to be like immediately after the incident happened, you were putting up stories of you like wheeling yourself away on your skateboard, just like laughing and getting yourself towards the car. I had no other opportunity. I mean, I know this isn't, this is meant to be a podcast
1: probably about something else. I don't know. But it was just, um, to be honest, I was just, I was laid out on the deck. I had to elevate my foot, you know, everyone was running around after me a little bit. The people were there. I was like, get my camera like I was like get the phone get the phone you know we're gonna ring the ambulance i was like took a picture uh ryan started out the ambulance and and the ambulance couldn't come wasn't going to come for ages. and there was an old couple there who were just like oh it's the worst thing i've ever seen you need to stay there till the ambulance comes you need to do this and i was like i literally at just one point i just stopped them and said like i need to smile through this you're really really upset at my vibe please <laughs> clear off leave me alone i've got this so then I had to like put my foot over my over my knee, over my good knee, and so that I, so it was elevated, and so, I didn't damage it any further. Then I had to crawl to a, I had to crawl to my skateboard to get on my skateboard, and then I crawled to Ryan's car, and we went to the went to the hospital. So yeah, I, to be honest, it was adrenaline, it was all of the other things going on, and it was just trying to stay in a good spirit mm. with the whole thing. It was just try and have as much positive being negative and panicking and screaming wasn't going to get me there any quicker. Yeah. Being composed and, you know, riding off the back of the adrenaline that was going and everything else and just being collected, um, was, um, was the, was the only way to get me there quick. And it's a complex injury. Yeah. Like the, the extent of where you can go with that kind of injury, you know, unfortunately can be, can be pretty, can even be more severe than what it is. So you have to just, you know, you have to just get on top of things as quick as you can get there. Um, got out the car, the guy came out with a pair of scissors, was going to cut my Nike SBs off. And I was like, yeah, okay, if it was fair. But I was like, no, nah, I've got it, I've got it. And then like, I took my shoe off. Didn't really have it, I had to ask for a sick bucket. But um, <laughs> wheeling through the hospital with one saved Nike trainer and, um, and a sick bucket underneath my chin, just being like, that was a terrible mistake. <laughs> um, and then the doctors were just so cool. Everyone was really awesome. Like they kept my spirits up. I kept on joking until they eventually probably like, you know, they give me something to send me unconscious, probably just to shut me up. <laughs> um, and then yeah, over a course of a week, they um, they put my foot back into place and redid whatever they did,
0: fixed my leg with a lot of metal. So it's it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Um, I I appreciated all the warnings I the before every picture. Yeah. I draw. it was
1: pretty pretty gruesome especially when you realize in the photograph of my knee that the knee was up the knee was
0: facing forward but the foot wasn't yeah Um, because it actually when you put it up first you were like oh if you don't like you know gnarly shit like you know the next in two stories time there's something bad coming and then there was another another like warning and then the picture and i I genuinely looked at it for about i'd say eight seconds i held my thumb on it and i was like i don't really see wait a minute (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's pointing the total wrong direction (laughs) like that was it
1: yeah. it was just the wrong way <laughs> it was it was just Ali, um, and i've been told that recovery is going to be you know it's going to be a, a substantial recovery period
0: um how does that somewhere... sit with you? because like obviously as a coach you're going to need to like demonstrate stuff or like is, has it been difficult coaching laid up like are you just lying I, you...
1: I, I haven't been coaching i've done my remote, my, I've done my remote stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm still working with some clients in a, in a programming sense at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing a lot of that, but actually stand-up coaching and physical coaching, just I haven't had the energy. The last three days are the first three days, really, I've been upright. Yeah. I, went, I went out to my gym, the campfire. I went there a couple of days ago, like a week ago, and I was there for two hours, and I need, needed to sleep afterwards for two days. Yeah. Um, so that just, and all I really did was write a workout luckily there was like competent everyone who was in that room was more or less a competent coach in their own right so everyone knew what they were doing it was just more about getting everyone together and having a bit of a positive spirit and seeing everyone and doing some built up north photography uh, and some photography in the space and just you know having that creative hub of people have got this mixture of like we had a videographer there we had a cameraman there so rhymes there uh, we had a guy called ilburn there stephen from built up north my business partner he was there energy was kicking off um Then there's these yoga instructors I work with that I mentioned a few times. They were there doing their thing. Some young lad else who's just like super, super after it and super like young and fresh to it all. And I'm sure I've left some people out. Amanda was there and she's like a totally kick-ass coach and a kick-ass athlete in her own right. Like was a French throwdown as an individual a few years back. And, you know, just having that melting pot of people in a room I didn't have to do anything. I just like literally wrote some workout down and just watched what they, the, the fire that they created all on their own. Mm. But that's the cool thing about having your own environment where you know the people are in it.
0: Yeah.
1: You know what they're capable of. You trust them in that, in that aspect. And you know that if you put them in the room, you just, in their instance, it's not about being, it's not like being a cheerleader. You just have to be able to navigate the event, which is in that case was a bit more of a, you know fitness as an atmosphere and a, and a blowing off rather than a you know a productive constructive progressive piece of uh, training it was just more about hey guys, let's get sweaty let's have some fun let's do some cool
0: shit yeah um are you like where did your education go like say did you, did you do like uni or what did you do there
1: yeah so i mean i've actually i've been asking been speaking to a few people about coaching and and programming and kind of things like that and kind of where the background and knowledge is and like i've said to a few people is that you know when i was at school i mean i did everything to avoid doing anything with writing in it so i did like as much art and as much design tech and stuff as possible i went on to college and did the same things so i did a lot of like and i worked on a building site for a long time so i worked on a lot of things that was about reading plants and, uh, and reading annotation and then putting these things together and understanding how they were written yeah. in order to how they were to explain the putting together of a building um when i went on to uni i did architectural technology which is basically like a draftsman course so if you went and became a qualified architectural technologist you would be in a practice and the architect would create this kind of um this concept or this idea and then you would be there doing all of the drawings trying to understand how it gets put together and when the bricks go there and the foundations and how doors go in and all of these things and how they all these things piece together I got super into the creative aspect because I've done art and was just around a really good culture of people, musicians and artists and, and architects. So I then went and started to study architecture long distance at Oxford Brooks in my own time. And I got to grips with kind of the conceptual side and understanding kind of like um, just the deeper, more arty stuff about understanding, about creating narratives and how they can go into concepts and how architecture can tell a story rather than just be a building and about the experiential side of everything. Um so it's been quite a varied thing. I was working in architecture when I stumbled across training. Uh it ended up being in expressed through CrossFit, just through that was just where I managed to meet people. And instantly like within a few weeks I was always super interested in like how are these workouts getting put together? What's this mean? Why is this like this? What did why are these numbers in this in this order? What does it mean to get here? And you know and as as that went on and i know i'm just rambling but as that went on you start to get into disagreements or debates with people about how training should be pieced together and i always think that if you you know you have this opinion about hey this is how i think it should happen don't just have a debate then go away and try and articulate that the best way you can try and make it happen yeah so if you have an idea um piece it together and then Ask if someone's either do it on yourself or ask if someone's available and say, hey, are you willing to invest a little bit of time in me and a bit of trust so that I can maybe give you, write this plan for you and let's see what happens as a byproduct of doing this plan this way. And it was utilizing that kind of principles of architecture in terms of like the descriptive text that you would put on buildings, you know, understanding the flow of taking something from an empty site to a to a, to a finished piece, understanding that there's a process And there's a chronological order in which pieces need to go together. And then on top of all that, remembering that both there's a a narrative in terms of like, there's a story to be told of this journey. And it's not just about how physically you want the the client to change, but how really, really important is that emotionally they get to where they want to be at the end as well. You know, if you're a douchebag and you don't do any work on becoming less of a douchebag, then when you get abs, you just become a douchebag with abs, which is actually like a bigger douchebag um because then you get to play out all of the things that you you know didn't happen when you were younger because you didn't look a certain way you know i was overweight at school and wasn't well and i'm still bitter about it and now i'm going to get a six-pack and i'm still that bitter kid because i never dealt with the issues alternatively you might not have been a bitter kid you might have been a really sweet guy and actually you get abs and actually you're still a really really sweet guy and you still you don't do the confidence work you might still never be confident So understanding that the journey, you need to grow beyond that within it. So there's so many things in parallel running that you're thinking about that training isn't just a series of putting pieces together, even though they're super important, but also they need to run parallel with this emotional journey in order to get to who you hope to be at the end. And actually, if the emotional journey is successful and the physical journey not so much, I see that as a bigger win regardless.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, if you're if you're coaching someone, I was gonna ask which is more important, but you just answered it. But like if you say if you're coaching someone and they're excelling athletically, or like they're having a physical transformation, but nothing's happening emotionally, do you like pump the brakes a bit and try and change things, or are you just kind of like, well, look, this is at least we're getting something out of it?
1: Um I think it's quite hard to not have one affect the other in some ways, but ultimately, I mean, if though it depends on the athlete's goal. You know, it much, it really, really depends on the athlete's goal. I mean, if you've got a winning mindset and your goal is just to win, then potentially like, you know, that, that your mindset might be in tune, but it likely isn't completely. So there's an element of which I can do through discussion and I can do through experience and through the experience of training and experience of competing and, you know, the things that will happen in life during the journey, because these journeys take up a while and life is never linear and straightforward. <laughs> But alternatively, also, I'll collaborate with people like um, Emma Hackett from Limitless Coaching, and we will work on an athlete's mindset and, you know, how we can maybe have the right tools to help them because there's so many athletes who are so close to their peak performance. Um, and the mind is the limiting factor.
0: Yeah, um, it was interesting the other day, I think was Steve Foster put up a thing where he was saying that uh, one of his athletes used to say, like, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. And then he's gotten to the point now with that athlete where they're saying like, I need to do this, this, and this. And it's like, he's like, well, that's, that's what you want. Like you want to be almost obsolete. like you A hundred percent. I mean, the goal is autonomy in the end of the day. Um,
1: I think at some point, you know, it's good to be there for your athletes, but I I think, you know, you, you've got to be there as a support, not a crutch. Like if they can't go and compete on their own or they can't deal with things on their own or, you know they're still begging you for every single bit of advice after a couple of years then potentially you know they've become too dependent on you as an individual and I don't think you know a relationship and a positive relationship between people is great but I think a dependency isn't isn't a positive isn't a positive outcome most of the time so yeah. you know I think you need just you just need to hope that somewhere down the line you' kind of and that comes through discussion and education yeah. you know I mean I work with some clients where I actually like they they, you know some there's one guy who still tags me in his training and it's like actually I don't do his training anymore but he's just like yeah but I like, I'm you basing in this on all training and I take on the lessons you've given me and I like to share my journey with you and I'm like well that's really cool I'm really it's really cool to see you doing incredibly well yeah. and you know so for him him, he's understood and sometimes he will message me and hit me up and be like hey have you got any ideas for this workout or actually there's this area I need to look at or would you check something out for me and we'll have a to and fro. We'll have a dialogue and ideally we'll negotiate until actually he comes up with the own answer himself.
0: Yeah. Um I usually start off so like 15 minutes ago I would have asked, do you drink a lot of coffee?
1: Probably well, not not right now, but um yeah,
0: I mean I do drink a lot of coffee. I don't I see you I'm drinking not, beer out of peppers. What's that about? I do drink a beer out of peppers. Um, is that like totally a dick thing or is it like, does it exfe- affect the flavor of the beer and the pepper? No, it was to affect,
1: actually that was off King of the Roads. So that was off like a, thr- a Thrasher Vice thing about skateboarding. But um, no, it's just to make the, um, it's actually just to make the peppers taste like beer when you when you put them on a barbecue. Oh, okay. So just beer soaked peppers. It's actually, the, the peppers are amazing. Like when they're like, when they cook like that. But I mean, I you know, I'd had a few beers and was drinking and drinking out of a lot of peppers. I only needed to cook one. <laughs> I may have had more than that. At that yeah, time. We, we need more peppers. So, yeah, but no, I don't It was enough, just Paul. A, It was just <laughs> to add, add flavor to the. Uh, it was just to an experiment and add flavor to the to the cooking. Yeah, and I uh, yeah, and I thought, why not try that?
0: But uh, yes, what's, I. Do, what's I, the? am not. What's coffee the coffee scene like in Newcastle? Is it like? Is there oh, like, the, you know, hipster quarters and stuff? Or.
1: Oh, I mean, look at me. There's hipsters everywhere as we're talking on my Apple Mac. Um, yeah, so... Uh, All the balance, man. Yeah, I mean, There's so many. There's, no, there's some really, really good coffee shops. We've got like Naked Deli. We've got Flat Caps. We've got... Oh, there's a little pop-up one that I don't even know the names of. Oh, there's so many. There's one called Laneway in the center of town. There's one that's just opened up um, called The Canny Goat, which is like super legit. Um, it's not in Newcastle, but one of my friends has just opened one up called the beaded go in banger which is just unreal um somehow our conversations about training turned him in decided he wanted to follow his dream and do some do a coffee shop with a goat logo which is amazing and yeah so newcastle's got it got a really good coffee scene um i am not a coffee connoisseur though i am, do not care whatsoever um have you like to z- you up your online or sit there drinking coffee all day
0: like have you no line at all is it just like once it's coffee i'll drink it or is it like oh that's a bit shit now
1: i i don't yeah i'm not super stressed i mean um you know if i'm in if i'll have something really hipster if i'm in the coffee shop i'll have like an oatmeal flat white um but typically like when i'm at home i'll just have instant yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just, um, just have instant. Like, I'm not. I'm not super stressed. I don't do good with milk. So, oatly, all of the way, the barista one real. Oh,
0: it's fucking outrageous, isn't it? Yeah. So as long as outrageous. it's
1: got that in it, as long yeah. as it's got that in it, and like quarter a spoonful of sugar in it. Yeah. I'm. I'm in. I'm in. And it's, um,
0: served, it's served
1: in a 98 Adidas Predator. <laughs> that, that works entirely for me it would be some nike nike trainer for me yeah yeah definitely drinking it of a nike trainer um, um
0: you've, you've been on uh yeah. modern wisdom and a few other podcasts uh, how do you find like being interviewed yeah you know like about yourself as well as like interests and your job and coaching and stuff like
1: uh I don't really. I, to be honest, every time I'm interviewed, I don't really know what I'm talking about. Well, I do, but I mean, I don't ever go in with an agenda because it's just like flow, kind of. Yeah, it's it, it's the flow. It's just kind of like the discussion is figuring it out. It's kind of figuring out my approach. I think yeah. conversations I had at the start of lockdown, I've already started to evolve my ideas from. um, You know, projects and ideas that I had, you know, that have already gone, are already changing, or manifesting and becoming something else. Um, so you know, it, it's all a massive journey, and I think talking out loud with people is just a really good way to kind of, you know, when you when you vocalize something, you start to get feedback in your own head and through the discussion with the other person. you yeah. Start to be like, oh, yeah, I really like, yeah, that sits really well with me. Or afterwards, you're like, hmm, I said that, but like, I wonder if I can explore that a little bit deeper and see what that means to me. Well,
0: I just and, think as well, though, sometimes if you talk out loud, like it's like throwing shit at a wall, like something will stick. Like, so if you're just talking, chatting shit with someone, eventually you'll be like, fuck, that's a really good idea. Like in the middle of all the nonsense, like.
1: A hundred percent. And that's probably why I never stopped speaking. (laughs) (laughs) But no, I think, well, for me at the moment, I mean, I'm doing this conversation with you, but I'm actually kind of in this season of thinking about actually, I've done a lot. You can always go deeper. You can always become more intellectual. You can always read more. That is never my party um and you know i i've kind of like teetered around things for a long time worked around stuff ha- i have a space and it's currently a non-gym space it's currently still work in progress and but you know it's been a bit like wet cement slowly like the ideas are coming through and actually it's starting to harden and actually it's like oh maybe this is what it should look like and maybe this is how it should be and as a result i think this the idea of a non gym will will become something will become a space and you know it will be become more of a solid idea rather than something that's completely esoteric i hope mm-hmm. it has the opportunities to still be freeform and adapt and not be too fixed on being one thing um, but at the same time you know i think it's time to put some of the conversations into um a much more purposeful practice and i think that's my next season and that was my plan before falling off a skateboard
0: (laughs) like you're someone that i qualify as being like pretty philosophical like even like on instagram you put out a lot of content say on on yourself and about like coaching or recognizing like maybe pitfalls of coaching or common pitfalls that athletes fall into or people who are training fall into i think like mental health and self-care is obviously something that either on your own page or on the built-up north page you're fairly like consistent like i know during lockdown you had that the boris like training train at home kind of like free workouts and you know like just yeah. i suppose like a light-hearted approach to serious philosophical issues yeah. and stuff and like mental health is that something that like do you consciously think oh i, I i'm gonna put up something about like loneliness or whatever or is it like that something will just strike you and you'll be like you know struck by them the, uh, in the moment to put something up. I think most of the things I write are
1: either struck in the moment or, or a byproduct of a conversation I've had with someone. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't try and orchestrate or like pre-plan my Instagram. There's no set time to post. There's just when it feels right and mm-hmm. the conversations you have. And I think as you evolve and you think more about the things that are going on and definitely the things that you see, frequently. Um, you know, when it hits home and it resonates, I think, you know, I mean, there is no right and wrong answer to most things. They're just opinions and just perspectives. And, you know, I, I, I do like to articulate and share mine during this fitness journey because it's it's something that, you know, there's a lot of things in the fitness industry that you just kind of can't put your finger on, but they just don't feel right. Mm. And and it just it just gets to you. Just like it's just for me personally, like I'm so passionate about what we do and I'm so passionate about the fitness industry. When I'm seeing things that I just I just don't get or I just don't feel right, I try and I used to get angry to be honest. I used to just swear and write posts and call people out. And now actually I try to think about why am I upset? What would I like to see differently? Yeah. And how could it be better? And how could I take this this negative feeling that's going on and how could I express that in a way that maybe gives people who are feeling similar because however you're feeling, there's going to be a bunch of guys feeling like that too or a bunch of girls. And however you're feeling, how can we articulate this into being something positive? Because, you know, the fitness industry turns out a lot of information. And, and for me, maybe I'm just following the wrong people, but it it, it, oh, it for me, it misses the mark a lot of the time.
0: Yeah. Um, I think and a, a lot of people aim for low-hanging fruit as well, like, where they're kind of like,
1: there's there's low hanging fruit and then there's just disregard for humanity yeah and you know i think you know i had a conversation with one of my athletes he's like really really deep at times um he's an italian guy he's incredible and um my athlete doesn't belong to me he's just a guy and um and he just said to me he he said he said most people he said like he goes most people don't even believe in their own parents (laughs) he's like all they really believe in is money and I was like, ah, oh, dude, like you hit it so hard in the head there. It's just like, yeah, the fitness industry, there's a lot of like, I want this. I need this. I'm a coach. So I should get this level of respect. I, I do this. I give, I sacrifice my life for you. It's like, you didn't sacrifice nothing. You chose this career because you thought it'd be cool mm-hmm. and a good experience. And actually what comes with that is so much more responsibility than most of us were willing to handle. And How that affects you personally, you know, is huge and has a massive impact. So I find it impossible not to be able to, not to reflect on these things, not to sit there and not to say something because, you know, I want to see more positive changes in the fitness industry, not just people putting up posts saying we're inclusive because you're not, don't lie. And, you know, don't say we care about these issues when you don't because you're not actively doing anything about them and you know that thing challenges me the whole sponsorship um branding all of this stuff in, in 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 the fitness industry it kills me it absolutely kills me i mean i i commend those people who get who get careers out of being online and being successful and i work with people who are successful with this online thing but then you've got brands who show complete disregard for sort of say okay whether you whether you agree with the covid mask situation and this situation and this and these other situations whether you believe with like the way the government are asking us to behave like if you're a brand and you're actively telling people to go against it otherwise you won't pay them then what the heck are you doing in the sport in in in, in the in the realm of health and fitness yeah. like you know what if 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 at the start if you were built up north athlete not that we have those and if at the start you were outside training or you were outside without a mask on i'd fire your ass in a heartbeat and I'd post it online, I'd be like, no, promote what promote what other people are having to go through because they're struggling too. Yeah. And your status doesn't make a difference. And me as somebody with a bit of money in my bank account, which I don't, but you know, as a as a manufacturer of whatever thing I've got, promoting that all these people do this thing and say this certain thing is just absolute nonsense. Like, just if you're gonna pay your athletes pay them to do something good yeah you know Nike. nike yesterday announced that they were totally stoked and behind all of their athletes who were boycotting playing in america because uh, that guy was, who, yeah, who yeah. was killed yeah nike says we're going to be kept behind our athletes who support that even go one step further sack the ones who don't you know yeah. and, but that's great news from nike but If the people at the top with the money aren't promoting these values and consistently just trying to get their money's worth out of their athletes so that they can sell the next product and have the next bit of content online, then, like, like this is part of the fitness industry that, you know, when my empathy and my kind of, you know, my calm and my introspect kind of goes out the window, and I'm like, you know what, guys, like, screw you. Like, why are you ruining this industry? why you were in because when we started crossfit it was like hey guys all we care about is ability it's all we really care about it's like how good you are we don't care about what you look like it's about we don't care what you wear now we really do care what we wear we really do care what the athletes look like we do care which athletes going to look best on the brand we don't care what that person can snatch, clean and jerk, or can do. It just depends that the shoe fits and they have the right face for the product. And I get that there is marketing and you can't deny that. And I understand the value and I understand beauty sales and all of these other things. But at the end of the day, we've taken something that was really, really pure about health and fitness and advancing people. And you know we turned it into another, another marketing strategy where if you don't have the right shoes, you don't fit in. So- yeah the fitness industry challenges me on multiple levels and i had to sit there and go well as a guy owns a brand what can we do if we can do anything at all without a tiny little impact is that uh, what campfire is then that's what Bill of north tries to be really hmm. um, the campfire is is at the is is a space where me and a few like-minded people get to be together and train and discuss um the intangibles around training which is how a space makes you feel how music makes you feel when you're training how you write a workout how discussing how knowing what it's about about how about if we eliminate fear in training um what things can we overcome so it's about kind of talking about the intangibles and bringing in as much influence from outside of the fitness realm the photographers and with the artists and with the other people who come into the space and the people that we allow in from the local area who like, you know, the guy who owns it, there's like, we're between some garages. And the the guys who work in the car garages come in, they don't train, but they articulate, they have discussions with us, and they're incredible people. Uh, and we all get together and it just becomes a melting pot of discussion around where the expression is training sometimes, mostly. Sometimes it's art, um, sometimes it's photography, sometimes it's clothing. So the campfire just allows us this little space where... We get to train together, but also we don't have to, if we don't want to, we get to explore things around it. Mostly around lifestyle. Um, yeah, primarily towards fitness. So the campfire at the moment is a pretty, you know, pretty fluid space. But we're liking what it's becoming because the people who are in there at the moment are just all really incredible and they all bring something to the table.
0: You program for like athletes like individuals and then you program for gyms as well. Yeah. Which do you prefer doing or are they mutually excused? Like, do you see them as different?
1: No, I think, I mean, they're, they're different, but I mean, um, programming, I mean, they're just different, they're just different puzzles. It's like, do I like designing houses or do I like designing this guy's house or something? It's just, an individual, you're trying to think about their journey and where they're going as an individual and how they're individually experiencing something. And maybe you have a more personal, like you could have a more personal relationship with them as an individual. Mm. But, and therefore, you might understand, you know, what is the carrot for them and what is the stick for them. And then making sure that, you know, you ain't just making training miserable for them, basically. And they're, they're having a great time and, and you know, and, and you're sorted into their experience. Like you sore into them as an individual about. You know you are one of the few people on the planet who wants it as much as they do, if not more. Yeah. You know because like, you know, so say, so say you've got a partner, and your partner wants to get lean, but you want to go. But you've made her a cake, for instance. You know, you made him a cake, and you're gonna be like, well, I made you this nice cake, um, and it's like, well, actually, like you're going against your partner's goals. You want the experience of being with your partner and them being happy more than you actually care about their goal. Equally your parents, your parents don't really care about and this is discussions I've had with Emma Hackett and other people, but you know, your parents don't your parents that you go home, you know, you're trying to get lean, you're trying to get shredded, you know, you're going on a holiday and you know, you want your two pack to become a six-pack. And you go home and your parents have cooked you loads of food. And you're like, oh I had to eat it because I didn't want to let my mom down. She made me Shepherd's pie. Because your mom loves you but she doesn't care about your goal. Yeah. Coaches, though, the, your coaches are probably the only people who are truly invested in your goal. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Doesn't mean you're not invested. Doesn't mean my parents aren't invested in my happiness. Yeah, yeah. I but my, par- my parents get worth from feeding me. My mom gets her own her happiness of feeding me because it makes her feel happy, like she's mothered me and like she's got something from her experience and she knows I'm safe because that's what mothers do. Yeah. But ultimately, that is not in line with my goal because my mom. Doesn't care about my goal. She sort selfish, of does, but not me. in the same way. Absolute, absolute. But it, it's just human nature. Yeah. And then so when you're when you're a coach, and that's what athletes are like. You need to do this. You need to do that, and they're arguing with you, and you're like you're scratching your head because you're like I actually want you to win, because you losing doesn't isn't is me being a failure as well. Mm. So you're fully invested in that individual. When you're working with a gym it's a bit interesting it's a bit of a different and interesting flip because you're thinking about a community of people and how they operate yeah so you're trying to think how can you create an environment not just for one person but for a bunch of people so you start to think about the flow of a class like a flow of a workout a flow of a warm-up Are they are they doing a partner workout can you manipulate something to be a partner workout because you know people will push harder um you know do these do these anaerobic intervals work better as I go, you go, rather than two minute on, two minute off? Because actually people will naturally push harder against each other because they don't want to let the other person down or even even worse, they don't want to look bad in front of someone else. So actually you start to think about how are these people interacting with each other? What does the space feel like? And then you're trying to think of the personality of the gym that you're working with and what kind of their typical clientele are. And you're trying thinking about the collective experience of that group of people. So they both offer really, really interesting dynamics between you're working with an individual. How do they feel emotionally about them and how are you invested in sewing into their goal? And then alternatively, how are you collectively working with a group of people? How are you thinking about the environment and culture that's built around a workout that you've written? Because at the end of the day, you want people to be on their butts and you want people to be high five, but also high-fiving and leaving, being like, that was totally sick. I can leave the gym and I'm invincible and I can do anything. The thing about writing a progressive gym pro- program, it's not just about you know, daily, oh, he's another, he's another week of training. He's another week of training. You have to think about the progression because at the end of the day, those high-fives will stop if people don't start seeing change in benefits. Hmm. So you need to start thinking collectively, how am I gonna get an entire group of people, if possible, to feel positive about their adaptation? So they're not just high-fiving after week one having done a hard workout, but a hard workout on its own doesn't create adaptation. It has to be series of repetition of hard workouts, potentially with some sort of linear progression, or you know whether it's alternative time, like increasing load, or actually reducing time and increasing intensity, you know, there needs to be these factors going into place collectively and you have to consider the fact that, you know, with an, with an individual athlete, I'm waffling again, but an individual athlete, you, um, you know, you understand what they can lift and what they can't, where when you've got a collective, you have to consider, hey, how's everyone going to feel inclusive in this environment? Yeah, yeah. You know, because already, I mean, we, it is exclusive because by writing our ex-weights on, we become exclusive. But I also think, By tiering programming, I actually think that's exclusive as well because that makes an assumption that somebody can't do something just because they can't do one other thing. It needs to be malleable by the coaches who were stood at the front who understand the athletes in front of them and scale suitably because to tell someone they're RX level one, I don't know if I'm making these things up, RX level two, let's say RX one's rubbish-ish, okay, RX two is a bit better and RX three is legit. And like, remember, they, they might have an RX clean, but they might not be able to do double unders. To then put them in RX one, would be a disservice to that individual. So yeah, you have yeah. to start thinking collectively, how can, and that's why I don't really like these steps and tiered systems of programming, because it kind of takes the thinking and the coaching away from the one job the coaches have over in front of the class, which is to understand the individuals, communicate, ensure they're working working safely, have the presence and attitude that crossfit ask for to be you to be a crossfit coach in that environment
0: yeah i had um
1: did i get there with the question at all
0: no yeah that was good <laughs> there's no don't apologize for waffle leader i like it um <laughs> you strike me as someone who's similar i had uh nathan bird on a few weeks ago and he yeah was like he's adamant that he won't he, he hasn't been and he won't be someone who just says like do squats they're good for you like he'll break down the nugget of why that particular person or why that particular exercise is important for that group of people or whatever like you strike me as something similar where it's like you know we're not just going to do lunges like just because I'm telling you to do lunges like the reason I'm getting you to do lunges is x y and z yeah I, I, I mean for sure we've got to do that and I think, you know, we... Is that something that's lacking? Do you think in other coaches, like?
1: What oh, sorry?
0: Is that something sorry, that you think I is lacking?
1: Started, it started a bit there. Um, I think we've become very, very solidified in a CrossFit environment by the equipment list that we've got and and geared around the open. And which you know, I'm as I'm as much to blame. Like I've I've deliberately worked with Jim so that we can be ready for the open and therefore be successful in the eyes of prospect um but do individuals need to be able to do all of the movements or even understand them as an exercise no you know for some people you know um we see it a lot like i've seen it i've had discussions with cyclists who are like i need to back squat more i've been told it'll make my legs stronger and i'm like yeah but your back naturally and to suit your sport isn't in a position to take load on your spine loading the top of your spine whilst your spine has a natural curve in it because you're a cyclist, you know, the load isn't going to get to your legs. There needs to be other ways for you to load up your legs other than compromising the spine position. Because if you can't engage a neutral spine, but your sport and your physical sport doesn't allow that, you, you become functional for the thing you're doing on a daily basis. And if the thing you're doing on a daily basis doesn't need a back squat, don't back squat.
0: Yeah
1: why what it's because we give it a movement and we give it a name and we say we should and then we then we kind of like we idolize it hey i can back squat this i can back squat this and you can relate to it And it's like yeah but that's massively irrelevant to somebody who cycles you know 300k a week 400k a week like why they don't need to be back squatting period do they need to build some leg strength yes so why do we back squat? We back squat to make our legs stronger, usually, typically. Or we can front squat, or we can do whatever. So, but it, so that's the function. Actually, the function is moving away from the back from a low level to a high level or through a range. The, actual, the byproduct of that is developing leg strength. We call it a back squat. We've given it a name. Therefore, we have an assumption that we must back squat, which is the complete reverse of what we actually need to do. We need to figure out the function. we need to figure out the why we need to develop leg strength. Why? Because he needs more power whilst he or she needs more power whilst they're attacking the t- attacking hills. Oh, that's interesting, cool is that is that bilateral or unilateral? okay, and it's a down motion, but what typically position are they backing in that motion? Okay, so are we looking at the right exercise? Are we looking at the wrong exercise so You know, yes, typically a class of people, we'd love to get them all back squatting. I understand that. Collectively there's a thing there. But then the coaches there need to understand like, is this is this exercise got value to the person in front of it or not?
0: And like as
1: long as 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 long as we as long as we as coaches make this a big iconic thing, you can back squat, you can do this, you can do that. People will always try to do it, whether it's good for them or not, because they want to fit in and look good in front of people.
0: Here is that, is that why then like I see you program some fucking random movements like I saw I saw you reposted someone put up was it yesterday before someone doing like hang split cleans I like I remember messaging you before of something similar like I can't even tell you what that person did never mind try to do it myself like is that just to <laughs> challenge that like mental physical link or why do you program stuff like that
1: yeah, I just figured that like a reverse lunge is a positive exercise. Um, we wanted to do some leg development. I wanted to do some bilateral work. We had the dumbbells in there. They needed to get them up. I took inspiration. I took inspiration from Body Pump. Um, you know, I thought it might be a cool movement, um, and I thought it would be an experience and a challenge going along the way. I, I don't think I have invented the movement. But it was just that was just my thought process was okay. I want something that's, um, that's going to kind of be like cleans, kind of going to have some lunges in. I was like, okay, well, actually, we can just do this as one one experience, one thing. Um, it will be able to test their coordination. It will test their unilateral strength. Um, do you know what I mean? And and so it, it answered a lot of questions. I was like, let's give this a go. Let's see this how this comes out. Mm-hmm. And it was a really successful in a movement in a class and it developed all of the things that i wanted it to plus the clients got a new experience
0: yeah it's definitely and, one of those things you know, that you I, need the gym talking about as well
1: a hundred percent and you know i mean i heard one like chris williamson uh, said one really really poignant thing and he, he said it from somebody else which was like the days seem to go quicker when we're having less experience in them you know when you have more new experiences, so when you're young, time seems slower because you're having more new experiences that you're processing all of the time. As you get older, actually, you start to repeat the same experiences and, every, and the days disappear in a what The more new experiences you can have, the more you learn, the more cognitive you are about them, the more proprioception you're developing, and the more you're in heightening in your day. And you're ex- like, so you're generally, your experience is going up. So if we can take things that they know, but we're putting them in a new format or a new way and creating a new experience for them, then, then therefore, not only are they getting physically more capable, but they're having a more you know, more engaging experience with what's around them. Um, oh, I'm buying
0: skateboard. I'm sold. In
1: architecture.
0: <laughs> what? I'm buying a skateboard. I'm sold.
1: In, <laughs> so in architecture, like a really, really simple way of looking at this in architecture was like, I remember that I designed a building once and I actually made all of, the, all of the pit, all of the floors on it deliberately, slightly not flat. So nothing was really that flat. Everything had a little bit of a turn in it and it was all cobbles. Everything had a little bit of a chamfer in it and things like that. And the reason I did that was because I wanted people to have to focus on where they were walking rather than walking without thinking because I wanted them to experience what it meant like to walk there. Yeah. If you're walking down the street you don't think about walking. But if you walk across like if you're on if you're on a fell walk and you and you have to like go across a tree trunk across a river your proprioception goes up your experience goes up you're thinking about how cold this thing is you're having to think about walking you're having to think about moving you're having to think about balance and all of a sudden you have a greater experience of the world than you would if you just walked aimlessly. Yeah. Training shouldn't be any different. Training needs to be, training is an experience of change. So if we can give people more engaging work to do that that will develop them in multiple ways, then we're becoming even more successful at our jobs.
0: Did you find that your services were more in demand over the last couple of months, like with lockdown and people being stuck at home and stuff, or did it just not make any difference? I did myself out a job
1: because I released a free program for the entire bit um, <laughs> that I give away because it was the right thing to do. Um, no, I think it was pretty much the same. I think post lockdown, a lot of people have been reaching out.
0: Yeah, you seem a lot busier. Even just going on posts and stuff that you're reposting, like it seems a lot. Like there seems to be an awful lot more. In-
1: I think there's. I think there's a lot more people. I think it's gone a couple of ways for people. I think either they've come out of lockdown and they have realized actually they're fine as they were and they don't need to go back to the gym. Um, other people have come out of lockdown and they've gone, back, they've gone back to the gym and they went, this isn't the experience that I wanted. I thought it was going to be great coming back and actually this sucks. Yeah. Um, and then you've got people who've gone back to the gym and totally, totally love it. I know like all of the guys at like Telic and Darlington and Thel and crossfit more. those guys like i work alongside those guys are like all buzzing to be back and it's been really great for them um and then you get some other people that were just like they started thinking more about training they're like okay i like this thing training but what can it make me capable of you know if this thing happens again or something else happens in life what can what can i become capable of doing and I think I've had that dialogue for so long with people. People are super stoked to kind of have that discussion with me, get on board with it, because they're just like, you know, I want to be fit that one hour in the gym a day. But also, like, I want to be fit when I go climb a mountain, when I go do something cool, when I go out, when I decide to try a new sport, do a new hobby. I want to be able to have engage the world in a much more physical way than I could before. Um, and I think, you know, I think the athletes and the the clients that I'm working alongside and collaborating and discussing with are much more this year about we sit and we have conversations and we're like, okay, we're going to train. You know, the question used to be like, just what is your goal? It was quite linear. We're here. What's your goal? And now it is. When we talk about goal, we go, okay, how's that going to make your life better? What experience is going to go alongside that? and uh, we had a great discussion with michael johnson the masters athlete and i talk about him all the time because he's such a genuine bloke he's so great we had this discussion it was like we got to the end of the we got to the open and he, you know we were like i was like is this the end we had a chat i was like is this the end of the road is this this is what we've worked for and, we, and we, we both just like we both knew i was like i don't feel like it is i feel like this is a comma and not full stop and i went for me and he's like how are you feeling and i was like i feel like your core capability that you've gotten to has now opened more doors for you to experience more of the world. Hmm. So for him it's like, well, here's your goal. It's like, okay, we're we're at this level of fitness. What can we do now in the world physically? What competitions can we go to? Can we go to what a Palooza? Can we go to this other competition? Can we travel to Miami? Can we go to France? Can we, you know, can we go to Belgium? Um, how much more of the world can you see now? as a byproduct of your fitness rather than i want to be able to back squat, back squat 200 like 200 i want to be able to back squat 250 kilos cool great mm-hmm. goal what can you do in life now you can back kilos and let's go do that because that seems much more fun yeah so
0: i think it requires- i know I
1: around that subject there.
0: no it's good i think it requires a lot of self-awareness though because even like I was kind of thinking of this the other day. I was in a shop and there was like uh, you know wagon wheels, you know the biscuit with the marshmallow in it. Of course, I know wagon wheels. Yeah, I remember when there was like a dull period of my life, which is like I'd say it was probably about three years, but it, like you just said about experience points, it just blended into like a day. Yeah. But like I remember there was a a video like a DVD shop, you know, like a rental, like an off brand extravision basically yeah. or whatever is it, like charcuters, and um, used to get. I used to go in in the morning. This is totally true, right? I used to go in in the morning and I get two DVDs at whatever time, 10 o'clock. And I go back in at 5 o'clock, give those back and get two more. So like four DVDs a day. And like utter shit. I couldn't tell you one film I watched that like stood out, but I did it for about, I'd say about four months. I used to eat like three packets of wagon wheels. I'd smoke like Twenty, sometimes forty cigarettes, in my bedroom, and I was just like, "Yeah." Like in hindsight, I that was such a like dark shit time in my life. But I was totally unaware yeah. of it throughout. I was just like, "This is just life now." But like, I remember at the end of that, I remember if I was standing up, um, I do te- I teach like, and I remember when I was in uh, before I went back to college, I was doing. I can't remember what. I think I was working in a shop or something. I remember standing up anyway. For not not excessively long amounts of time, but like you know, a while, yeah. and I used to get this like stitch in my back basically from just standing up. And the other day we yeah. walked. Uh, I was down on holidays with my in-laws, and we did like a hike. And I had an Ergo baby, you know, the backpack thing for the baby, and our like slow right, okay cool. Sloan, my daughter was in the backpack, like in the you know front pack or whatever, and it was like mm-hmm. eight kilometers. And the way up was very straightforward, and then the way back was a fucking shitstorm. There was like rock; it was like over, like through a valley, and it was shit like. And the whole way through it, all I just remember thinking was like, man, imagine I used to waste days eating like four packets of wagon wheels, smoking, wasn't able to stand up, and it's like. Uh, like for so long when I was training I was so I was obsessed like that I was like why is that guy squatting more than me why is that guy bench more than me why can't I do five pull-ups why can't I do ten pull-ups and then it was like it kind of takes that moment of realization where you're like Jesus I'm hiking across like a valley with a baby and I'm totally fine and like all the training that I'm doing is for shit like this like I'm never I'm never gonna go to the games I'm never gonna fucking you know win anything or stand on top of a podium but like moments like that are the things where you're like fucking this is why you do like this is why you get involved in that community and this is yeah. why you maintain that involvement
1: and and you have to look at the experience of that it's like if the guy who can squat 200 kilos never does anything with it and he never leaves he never leaves the gym and you know his his, his entire existence revolves around the gym and that might be his happiness but for me that's watching four dvds a day yeah like if the consequence of squatting 200 kilos a day 200 kilos is you never ever leave the gym you don't have friends you just go to the gym you talk to someone whilst you drink your protein shake and you know and and in in the flip reverse you have gone from someone who was you know had had a lifestyle which wasn't super functional and like in terms of physical and you know you're probably a detriment to yourself and now you're hiking valleys and things with a baby like that's a physical and exciting existence for me like that's a success yeah that's a super win do you know what i mean i'd and say i'd be dead and to me born, to that, more, that moment that moment to me is more valuable than you know p being a benchmark workout or something like that um because you know, if, and it's a quote that I posted that was actually one of my friends, Ross McNair's quote, which was, um, you know, if, if your functional training leads to a dysfunctional lifestyle, is it truly functional? Yeah. And the answer is, I guess the, for me, the answer is no, but that's not to take away from anyone who just loves going to the gym every day. And that's their, you know, that's their, that's the thing that links them and keeps them in, keeps them sane and keeps them in humanity. That's what they need. But, you know, in the long run, I would like to think that the goal is to get out of the gym and, you know, carry the baby in a papoose running across a mountaintop. I didn't run. And that, that's hopefully, that's hopefully the end. For me, that's hopefully the, you know, the end product, I guess. No, well, not the end product, but
0: part of the journey. Yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of your brands have like, you know, you've got the campfire, I don't don't know if brand is the right word for that, but you've got a lot of your ideas, I suppose, uh, involve like a strong sense of community. Like I assume that's something deliberate because you mentioned at the start about skateboarding that it was that kind of like culture and the togetherness of it and that we're all, you know, Different but similar, and we're interested in the same thing, and it's fine. Doesn't matter what you look like, talk like, whatever. It's grand. And you were saying that that's what drew you into CrossFit. That you were all different but similar, and had a you know a common interest or whatever. Like, is say built up north, and your programming, and like, is it a, is it a conscious decision to make it community based, or is that something that just kind of developed as they developed? I think yeah,
1: symbiotic. I think. I've just been really lucky that the people who I speak to, who get involved, I've got a lot of friends who, who you know, I've got those friends who will clap for you at the finish line, and and will pick you up when you absolutely balls up and fall. Um, and I've got those friends who will, you know, I've got those friends who will stick by you. And I think you know, by its very nature, the things that I do, um, up until now, especially like I've always tried to do everything collaborative. Yeah. Um, and and that's always, that kind of discussion and relationship has always gone on with the people I work with and we talk to. And, you know, we're always trying to include the people that we can. Like, Built Up North is always only trying to reward those who've been loyal to us or trying to invest them so back into those guys because, you know, we wouldn't be where we are and had gone as long as we could without the people who've supported us.
0: Um, can so I just say, trying- on, on that, I fucking love the... Like, I know you have that thing of, like you know no new friends and like not for everybody and not as please everyone but i fucking love the relentless like kicking of people who are like oh you wouldn't uh you wouldn't send me some free gear will yeah I'll, I'll put up i'll put up a picture or whatever oh, I, I fucking love it like
1: <laughs> oh yeah it's just something that we've never done like why would we support like if you've bought every product from us and then somebody new comes along and goes, oh, well, I've got this following and I've got this and I've got that, will you send me something free? Like, what disservice is that to you who's invested in us? We're here because of you. Yeah. Not because they posted something on their Instagram account. I mean, fair play to people who, we've, you know, who have been around us and people who share and tag us in things. It's like absolutely amazing and we really appreciate it. But you know, those people are people who've sown into us as friends, as family, as community, as a business. You know, the people have really, really invested in us and i want to reward you know we we want to reward the people who every year we do a free t-shirt christmas t-shirt like and it goes in the first you know we only do 20 and they go in the first 20 people who make an order and we look at how much they spent in the year and we have like we have a benchmark so let's say it's like a few hundred quid and we say the first the first 20 people they don't know that it's going to come to them the first 20 people who happen to be the right sizes that we've got who happen to have spent that much money in the year they're the ones who get it it's not, it's not because we're trying to discriminate the ones who didn't we are sorry we are we're highlighting the people who invested in us in the year why yeah. would we we I'd rather give them a free t-shirt than give anybody who comes and goes like i've got 40,000 followers like i've got a blue tick good what you got a blue tick in like tell me what that blue tick blue tick qualification is because apparently it gives you the right to ask for free stuff and to tell us your opinion on like, if you haven't studied politics, your opinion on politics doesn't matter to me. Shut your mouth. At I don't care how big your blue t- is. Like, get buffed. Like, you're not getting any free stuff. You're not getting any gear because you have not invested in us. And it's a complete disservice to the people who buy something from us every drop. Speak to us. Say well done. Say they love what we're about. Say they love what they do. Send us nice messages. Talk to us. Ask us to help them out. Like, I'm not no nobody with a blue tick is and nobody with any like thing like that is going to get anything sent to them as a result and i think i, I think the worst thing is, is i think it's a disrespect like i said it's a disrespect to the people who have really really helped us out so yeah so yeah sometimes we come back hard sometimes it's a slap across the face i'm sure it's no skin off their nose but
0: yeah it's, it's just, just not
1: for us day, yeah. what we're about i'd I'd rather be i'd rather i'd rather be small and keep the integrity of the values that we're trying to hold as a business collectively i'd rather try and hold that
0: than get big compromising them yeah i like that um is there like i i i have a few bits like I'm, i'm definitely not i wouldn't be uh I wouldn't be in the running for a free T-shirt Christmas like, but I've have got some bits. I think this year's actually. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we did. I think we did the stuff for um, what my life. What my life? Yeah, I have that. I have like the spectator sport. Fucking love that. Uh, that was great when all the spectator sports were cancelled. So that was like that was so meta that it was like six months ahead of time. Um, and then I got a gift of one it's as always well. The way. Like, is there? <laughs> you've worked with like a ridiculous amount of gyms, loads of athletes, uh, different websites like Wob My Life and stuff. You've got your own like kind of, what would you call it? Like kind of social commentary, like woke stuff as well. Like is there a creative team or is it like that kind of campfire thing where you sit around and just chat shit and then an idea comes from it or is it like even freer than that kind of coming up with ideas? To be honest for Neely,
1: for like most of the years, it was me just that expression you know the thing i was saying about fitness industry annoys me about this thing and this thing and influences it and you know we did that currency t jokey currency t-shirt the other day um and i said it was me and steven egging me on um but apparently in the last couple of years steven has got just as bad if not as bad as me so um i'm guess i guess i'm the creative team i do most of the design work if we have a young designer who helps us out, I do nearly all of the design work and have designed all the T-shirts. Um, but like I say, somewhere down the line, Stephen is equally as cheeky and equally willing to go as far as needs to. Stephen does all of the Build Up North Instagram. Stephen does all of the, the commentary on the websites. He creates all of the secret links when we send out, which some people won't have even ever seen, but when we send out mailers you sometimes there's a secret link in there to a joke or to something that's written in white or a link to something on the website that might be up temporarily and um steven's responsible for all of that and um yeah and i'm and i'm responsive more responsible for creating the, most of the t-shirts
0: do you like I'd, I'd view your thing like the say you're coaching the campfire and built up north as like i suppose like there's a small bit of a link, but they seem kind of mutually exclusive to each other as well. Like that you're kind of keeping them a little bit separate, that like built up north is built up north, and that's totally separate from Paul Warrior, the coach. Like, is that a deliberate thing or are like are you conscious of not letting them kind of bleed into each other?
1: Uh no For me, the for me, I am all of them things that all like all of those things all of the time. Um, and yeah. you know, my sarcastic nature comes out through Built Up North. Um <laughs> more so than ever um i see i you know i see myself as a coach i guess a little bit of a creative um and the campfire is just a space i get to train in. yeah um it's more about who the collaborations have been with um the campfire at the moment is you know it's it's just a collaboration with the people that attend and you know especially whilst my um cast has been on Ryan has been an incredible glue to that from start to finish. He's the guy who takes all of the photographs. Ryan Eady, um, he's just an absolutely incredible photographer. And you know, um, we have an incredible we spend an incredible amount of time together, being completely unsociable and not talking to each other, which we love, and um, spending time in that gym space and just training and having fun. And so, yeah, Ryan, it feels like you know that's mine and Ryan's hangout, but other people are welcome. Yeah. um everyone's welcome um built up north is 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 me and steven and steven is very much you know he makes it happen like i just blur wild ideas out and write things down and write something and steven's like you've gone too far i <laughs> just can say that very often sometimes he pushes me a little bit further um and that, and so Steve, so it's, it's more about who i'm collaborating with rather than me making them mutually exclusive yeah i've got friends like like Ryan's really great. Ryan doesn't want a part of anything. He just he well, he is part of everything, but he doesn't want to. He doesn't want it, any of it. If you know what I mean? Mm. Like you just do your thing, man. Like do that. And he he's got his photography thing. And with Stephen, Stephen very much is like he's the for me. He's the kind of the main the main guy behind Bill Up North. It's equal. I do like I said, I do all the creative, but without him, it would just stay in my head or stay on a piece of paper. He he makes it happen. He gets it out there. He delivers it. You know, he's the guy in the emails giving the influences the stick. Um, he's a legend. So I'm just super lucky with the people I've got around me.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, I kind of feel like we could talk all week. But, um... We can. Fine. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I mean, I probably need some morphine in
1: a couple of a couple of minutes, but no, I don't. In a couple of hours. But um, other than that, yeah, I, it, it's difficult because I think – and I said this earlier. I think where I'm coming at with everything is I think that the fashion, the um, the commentary, the intangible things around the fitness industry are a massive influence. How we promote people wearing clothes, what the message we're helping people put out, uh, the stand we're trying to make through fitness, the empowering of other people's lives um, needs to happen symbiotically. And, you know, other than working other than discussions I've had with Bulldog who are like really, really team on the ball, like Ian from there is a tall legend and I've spoken to him a lot about training and fitness and and his views on it. And, you know, to meet people like that who kind of are more interested in the behavior and attitude of people in the fitness industry. Um an understanding that sometimes you have to go certain ways to make to you know to be able to get your message out. But to have these people come together, I think You know, I think understanding all of these fragments is the way of making the fitness industry a better place, or at least for making me feel better in it.
0: You have a program with them as well, don't you?
1: I've got a program on Bulldog Gear called Fortitude, which was a minimal kit, minimal equipment program that um, I released again at the start of quarantine. It's a free program. It sat there a lot alongside a lot of Andrew Tracy's programs. So, um, so you know, I'm, I'm amongst like some good people there which is really cool um but yeah it's that came from i don't want to be i didn't want to be sponsored i don't want that relationship with people um but the fact that we had me and me and ian had a lot of conversations down the line and i just i really valued the discussion he was having with me and he was like hey do you want to fancy putting something out um originally i wrote a massive rant that he never posted i don't have no idea why (laughs) <laughs> and then we evolved it into a program at the start of quarantine um yeah we've got a program coming out tonight which is you know uh the photographer ryan we helped him get from um 80 kilos to 96 kilos over a very short window during lockdown so this is
0: really a sw- swally, swally
1: grail journey. is it and that's the swally grail which is uh which has got the artwork from our that's the tireless game of pricks yeah um So we got his artwork on the front and that's released through, um, uh, through built up North tonight. It's just, I don't know. Um, a lot of people asked me for the program and I was like, well, let's just do this in a cool way. Again, how we write and how we deliver things is as important as what's written. Um, because everything's about shared experience. Um, so that's getting released tonight and that's just, you know, it just feels like the right thing to do is build up north. We're promoting health and fitness. And, uh, and, and it, it is something that was a journey of one of our team, Ryan, was invested in. And we love the outcome. And we wanted to share that in a kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of way with people.
0: I remember messaging you about, I'd say, three or four months ago. I got some fucking shock when I realised that your surname was actually Warrior. I just assumed that was what you called your programming because you were like building warriors or whatever, and you put up some. I can't remember what it was. Something about your mom. I, it's, I actually the your mom and shepherd's pie when you were telling that story. I was like, is that what I was talking to him about? It was something similar to that. It was something to do with your mom anyway, and you were like Mrs. Warrior, and I was I mean, she like,
1: called, she called Joe Wicks a tosser. That was for sure. Um, there was some there was some other stuff on there, but yeah. Like, Tuesday, I was like, um, wait,
0: what do you mean Mrs. Warrior? I was like, surely your name isn't actually Warrior. And you're like, oh no, it is, yeah. So like, surely you're destined for this line of work, like for programming and coaching and like Swoley grail. Yeah, I
1: mean, telling people, trying to convince people it's my real name is a nightmare. Um, <laughs> and it does, it, does, it does associate myself with lots of other things than anyone else who calls anything else Warrior. It's kind of like- a, you Well, you had that biography
0: about your, your life a few years ago with Tom Hardy in it. That was obviously about you. Yeah, that film. Yeah, yeah. I had bigger
1: traps back then. <laughs> um, I didn't lose the final fight. Just point out there, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, no, no. It's yeah, it's to kind of try. It it, it 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 definitely has helped. It wasn't something I wanted to call a programming company um, because it's your own name. It feels a bit weird. But my friend Laurent Camps, again, regionals athlete, guy from Corsica, lives down south now. It's absolutely heroic. I've seen him like snatch incredible weights and stuff like that and just drop it like he doesn't care um not slamming it he's not one of those douchebags um just drop in the bar and um yeah Laurent camps if you follow go on his instagram he's got this legit video of him snatching and just to be like i don't care and anyway just he just posted hashtag uh, warrior programming at the time which went on to be part of the bigger brand warrior programming but it was it was never my intention to call it that but it you know it it gives me um it's definitely given me a foot in the door, I think so I've been really blessed that my dad kind of you know carried that name across to me which is does it
0: is... does it make it more awkward now that you're like leaving warrior programming and it's called warrior programming and you're called warrior
1: yes, I'd love to say no it's definitely um it's definitely been an area of thought and discussion um and it still it still is i mean you know we''re we're, we're uh yeah I'm not really going to talk about that, but like we're just still in still in negotiations about what feels right and you know yeah the name is the name is definitely something like in my heart it's like it was something that i didn't really know if it mattered or not and apparently i think that these things um do matter um you know i think your name that your dad gives you is is a powerful thing and i think you know regardless i will always be it will always be my name paul warrior so you know I, i will carry that with me in any format wherever I go. Um, but it does it does it does like send like a whole bunch of emotions that you know i have to deal with going alongside that and that's that's again. that's just like we said at the start it's part of the introspect it's part of the journey is understanding what that feels to you and, and why it feels like that to you mm-hmm. um, so we'll see
0: we'll see how this unfolds um we finished with a quick fire go for it um i think there's a tiny bit of a delay but i'll edit out the silence after i ask the question So, row or run? Run. Uh, Clean or snatch? Clean. Flat white or long black? Flat white. Oat milk, obviously. Yeah. Um, You're a uh, trainer head, so, favorite pair of trainers?
1: Nike SB. Oh. Oh, no, I feel feel under a lot of pressure. Feeling a lot of pressure. The new civilist Nike dunks look unreal. They're all black, but when you heat them up, they change to super bright colors. Ah, I, need to win a pair, I need to win a pair of those trainers.
0: Um, coaching or designing? As in like clothes, clothes designing? They're the same. Oh, it's not the fucking same. Put exactly. on, picking exactly a t-shirt? No, come on. You're exactly the same. Um, all right, coaching or built up north then?
1: Oh, no, 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 I'm not answering that question. Simply for the fact is that some days I would like to murder the clients on both, that, on both sides. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Um, <laughs> bike or ski? Bike, but it's, I'm going to be skiing for a while, so I might get, that might change in six months.
0: Yeah. You can do a salt bike, which is your arms. Yeah, I know. Um, Dumbbell or barbell? Dumbbell. Cool. That's it. Thanks, a million. That was a really
1: good, quiet question. Yeah.
0: Um. I really enjoyed that. That was great. Um. Yeah. I got a lot from that. I feel like there was there was times there during that conversation where I felt like I'd run through a brick wall, and then there was other times where I thought like, Jesus, am I going to cry? And then there was other times. <laughs> that was a, that was an emotional roller coaster for me. Um. Yeah.
1: It's um. And 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 you know I do these podcasts with a few people, and I kind of sometimes feel apologetic because I don't think there's a linear answer to anything. I don't feel like do. It's like with, like I said, with architecture, you can't, you don't build the same house twice. Yeah. It's always evolving and always changing and you need to learn from the last one to uh, to make the next one better. And I think the process has to be as organic and as fluid as that.
0: Um, that's, that's what makes it different because even I got a message off someone today saying like, I put out an episode with Emma McQuaid and they messaged me and said, uh, oh, thanks, you know, great episode or whatever. And they were like, it's good. Like I've switched off other podcasts because it's just the same thing over and over again. And now like I stick to the same format where I talk about coffee, I talk about podcasts, I talk about training and you know, whatever the person's involved in. But I, I tend to listen to, so like I listen to a couple of interviews you did. So that I'd be like, right? I'm always yeah. going to ask him about built up north. I'm not going to ask him that because I'm not going to not ask him that because that'd be fucking weird. But like, yeah, yeah, north, I don't want. Yeah. I don't want to then ask the same questions that he was asked last week or last month. Or I do the same with anyone. I'd be like, and I don't want to ask about that fucking event they did in the games ten years ago or whatever because they've already talked about that. I'll ask them yeah, if I do yeah. ask them about it. I'll ask them in a different way or a different aspect of it, or else I just won't ask them about it. I'll talk about something different.
1: That's the same. I'm the same with the conversation. I don't want to. I don't want to be repeating myself. It makes you a good guest though, because we'll then people valuable. can
0: listen to you on ten different shows and hear something different every time.
1: Yeah, and that's all, that's, all, that's all we can hope for. And somewhere down the line, I hope that you know, I hope that one thing resonates enough that makes people rethink their attitude to training.
0: Yeah.
1: And if people can get a little bit more value in their lives out of it, then like it's been a success
0: cool well listen thanks a million man appreciate uh, you coming on okay.
1: thank you thank you for tuning in i didn't know if i was going to be up for it after my uh, hospital visit <laughs>
0: yesterday but i went with it i set myself up i've got a pillow under my leg um so yeah Good man. i appreciate you taking the time best luck for your recovery and um your swally gray launch tonight though yeah it will be all over instagram but you were right